Welcome to the Mimi B Podcast. I'm your host, Mimi Bouchard, and this podcast is designed to help you become the best version of yourself possible. This podcast will motivate you and give you the tools that you need to get to where you want to be. Hi guys, I'm super pumped to have today's guest on the show. I have Aaron Doughty with me. I am just so, so pumped to pick his brain about all things law of attraction, manifestation, energy, quantum physics, like all of that amazing good stuff that I am so obsessed with learning about. I know you are too if you're listening. So welcome Aaron to the Mimi V podcast. Thank you so much again for coming on. Thank you Mimi for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Yay, I'm super excited too. So obviously we're going to be focusing on all those topics today, but before we get into that and your top big tips and and just kind of explaining this whole crazy world um, of energy, I kind of want to get into your story a little bit, a bit of background, like how has the law of attraction manifestation worked in your life? Did you go through a big transformation yourself or were you always this way, really in tune with this kind of other world. Um, tell me a bit about that. I'm super curious about that. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, definitely didn't always have it or even understand it. Uh, I actually started learning about it out of uh, out of a spiritual awakening that I had back in 2012. And just to give it a little bit of a backstory to it, I was at a point at 2012 where I was feeling a lot of resistance. I had a lot of things in my life that weren't working. I was working at Nordstrom's in women's shoes. Wasn't passionate about working there. It was like a sales commission job. The sales commission job I did like because I liked being able to like put in my own energy and have my own motivation to make you know a certain amount of, uh, of money. However, I wasn't passionate about it at all. Uh, at the time, I had what's called ADHD. So I was hard. it was difficult for me to focus. I take Adderall, which is the prescription drug that they give for it, which had very harsh side effects. If you couldn't eat very much, you couldn't sleep very much. Um, when it was like, uh, I felt a lot of resistance because of my past as well. I felt very unworthy. Um, I, I had always had someone in my life at that point. I realized I always had someone in my life that was like kind of trying to control me. And as weird as that sounds that what I realized though, is, uh, between seven and 15 was where that pain of the past kind of came from. When I felt a lot of that pressure, that unworthiness and just things weren't working between seven and 15 years old. I had an ex uh, stepmom in my life. So she was my stepmom from seven to 15 years old. My dad was divorced uh, and then he's a firefighter. So he was like gone and home part of the time. But my ex stepmom at uh, seven to 15 years old was in my life with uh, mine and my brothers. And uh, slowly but surely, she started to gain a lot of control. So she, she, Started out slow, and then it kind of became to where she had more and more control over my brother and I. We, more and more rules got put into place. Uh, my brother and I weren't allowed to have friends. We eventually kind of got turned against our real mom uh, because of like kind of like the brainwashing that happens sometimes with people that are kind of like this. And she uh, she's very mentally, physically, and emotionally abusive. We were always in trouble for something. We had to earn going to school or earn going to like band camp and school activities and stuff. And uh, many times we were actually locked outside of the house doing yard work and doing stuff like that. And we would uh, we were given like a bowl of cereal in the morning and a TV dinner at night. Like that was we were very malnourished, malnutrition. Like we we didn't look that healthy. Fifteen years old comes around. My dad divorces her. He kind of came to his senses, and uh, then we never had to see our ex step that ex stepmom again. You know, it was a very painful and a kind of you know beat us down. Had a big sense, uh, a big effect on my self worth. And that led to, you know, that was uh, 15 years old from 15 to like 20, 21. 
you know, I was able to have friends. It was like a whole new world. I was able to find my personality. And that was great, but there was still part of me that felt very unworthy. A, a part of me that realized as well that I was always attracting similar patterns over and over again. So even though my ex-stepmom left my life at 15, two, a year or two later, I attracted, uh, you know, one of my first girlfriends was somebody that uh, was, was always trying to control me. She was always nitpicking. She didn't like how outgoing I was. You know, I went so many years of not being able to express myself that all of a sudden I'm able to have friends, go to parties, do stuff like that. But she was always, uh, she had a kind of a, a negative perspective and a, was always trying to like control everything I was doing. She's also kind of jealous. And then uh, she was in my life for three, four years. And uh, then what happened is I broke up with her. And within a week, this is kind of a, I'm just kind of explaining this to show like the pattern type thing. Within a week of breaking up with her, I was working at Nordstrom's and BP shoes, which is called Brass Plum Shoes, which is like a, a lower end shoe department. You know, it's commission based. I then got transferred to a better department, which is that of uh, salon shoes, which is like designer shoes, you know, brands like Jimmy Choo and Tory Burch, more expensive. So you, you get, you make more money. However, the manager of that department was almost the same exact personality as my ex stepmom. She would talk down to people. Of course, she couldn't physically do anything, but she would get away with so much. And anytime people went up to HR, she was protected. So like not that we'd actually just get in trouble even more and not get the schedule we want and uh, felt very belittled. And then I, uh, I was feeling a lot of this pressure. I wasn't doing what I lot for a living. I felt like there was something wrong with me, the whole ADHD thing. I felt like uh, the whole unworthiness thing. And I, I was realizing these patterns kept coming up. And one of the main triggers for me was the whole ADHD thing because the side effects of no eating, no sleeping was like really affecting me. So I went online and found out how powerful meditation is. And, um, and there was this black and white research that shows that like if you meditate, it will have a powerful effect on you. And there are really only positive effect, uh, side effects of it. Whereas the side effects of Adderall, which is the for ADHD thing was like real negative side effects. I was like, okay, let me try this. First day or two didn't really have a big difference. Third or fourth day though, I learned how to observe my thoughts rather than try to control them. And from that point going forward, there was just something inside of me that changed where I started to feel completely different about myself. I started to observe things. I started to observe also my own beliefs. I started to become aware of these beliefs that I had. I started to observe these thoughts I had. And I realized in that moment, I had like this epiphany. Some people call it a spiritual awakening, but I realized that I believed I had ADHD and I believed that the only way to deal with that was to do this Adderall thing because a doctor told me that. And therefore, that was my reality. I believed I was unworthy because of all the pain of my past. But then what I realized is that pain of the past actually led me to learning meditation. And it led to me actually be, to going through this transformation of realizing these things. So it almost reframed all the meaning of that past stuff. And I started to become aware of all these stories and these beliefs about myself. And then that started me going down this rabbit hole of understanding the correlation between what we think and what we experience. And at that job that I had selling women's shoes, I started, my whole energy changed first off. I would go to work and people were like, what is different about you, Aaron? I was like, well, I'm meditating now. I started, I changed up my diet. I started feeling completely different. And then that job that I have of selling women's shoes became literally a law of attraction playground in a way. Because every single day you go in, you start at zero. And you then make your money for the day. You get no hourly. You know, it's like 10% commission. So every single day I'd go in, I was able to see the difference between the energy that I had to the kind of experiences I have. If I go in with certain intentions, if I intend to like make a certain amount of money, if I have a certain vision for the kind of dollar amount I want to sell, what is the result I give? If I go in with the intention of adding value to other people 
And if I go in the, with the intention of connecting to other, other people, what kind of results do I get? If I focus on having fun and enjoying the process and just having an elevated state of emotion, what kind of results would I get? And I started playing around with these things and I learned so much about, my, uh, about how that energy works and I started to apply it and I started to get amazing results. I went from like, uh, one of the main things I did is I changed my self-image. I realized that I saw myself as like an average employee. And what I did is uh, every day you went in and you would like get the, the, the top salespeople from the day before would be on a list and you could see what everyone sold the day before. So everyone was always kind of nosy looking at that. But I was always in the middle of that list and I just started to see myself as somebody that was at the top. And then I started like embodying that and just having that understanding that that's who I am. And I started to become a top salesperson. And that led to eventually me then deciding, okay, if I can use this for stuff with sales commission job, can I use this to create my dream life? So then what I started to do is I started, I started to see myself and I started to link up my action, my thoughts, my beliefs of me being a YouTuber because I was so passionate about sharing these ideas, about learning it. I went on just a binge of books and I was reading and, and you know seminars I was listening to and all of these things. And eventually I uh, decided to get on YouTube. At first I was making videos once a week or no, once a month. Then eventually I went to once a week and then eventually... I had this epiphany moment where I said and looked into it and I just realized that the full-time version of me, like the, the version of me that was living my dream life was making daily videos on YouTube. That's just kind of what I saw. So that of that version of me. And I just decided that from this point going forward, even though at this time when I made this choice, I was actually working at Barney's New York in women's shoes, which is like the same type of high-end thing, a little bit more high-end. And um, I was there and I, I just decided one day, okay, I'm working 40 hours a week here. I'm going to make videos every single day going forward until I'm a full-time YouTuber, no matter what. So I became very, very busy. I was working 40 hours a week and I was making videos 30 hours a week. I didn't have time to hang out with friends, but I committed to this vision. And within two or three weeks, I had a video that went viral. Uh, my YouTube channel went from like 3000 subscribers to, you know, like 20 something thousand every month since then I've grown by about 20 something thousand subs. And now it's got like, you know, 850,000 plus subs and, I've uh, made over 15, like 1200 videos. Um, and it's been like, you know, I, I travel the world. I do what I love now. And I teach people kind of these, uh, I teach people how to go through and, and transform their life through understanding these different principles. Oh my God. What a freaking incredible story that gave me shivers. <laughs> like that's crazy. I, it's amazing. And just so freaking cool and inspiring. I that's just amazing. I I'm so, you know, excited to be chatting with you today because you're literally a product of what you preach, right? Like Thank you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I appreciate that. Yeah, I definitely yeah. I definitely live I li I love all this information. I definitely do my best to live it and the goal that I have as I was kind of telling you a little bit earlier, my the goal that I have is to make this kind of content, you know, practical and relatable. So sometimes we hear spiritual information, we hear a raising vibration, we hear of uh, conscious, we hear consciousness, we hear about law of attraction and manifestation. And it sounds kind of esoteric. Uh, some It's a little bit hard for some people to really relate to. And the goal that I have is making this stuff practical. Here is step by step what to do and making it practical, relatable, and easy to follow as well, making it super simple. So I like to break down these complex ideas. At least that's my intention. And that's what I've spent 
1500. I literally, I still to this day make a video every single day, right? When I wake up in the morning. Oh and, my God. Uh, it's, it's just my, people ask me, how do you do it every day? It's just a part of who I am. I don't know how to like, not that I'm yeah. special. Everyone has this ability, but I've redefined myself to where I'm somebody that makes a video every single day. And because it's a part of my self image, it's easy. It's not hard. And yeah, and, and the, the, the only time it was difficult was in the very beginning because it wasn't a part of my self image yet. So that's totally. what really made the difference for it and the, to make it natural, you know? Oh, I love it so much. It's really, you know, that initial push to change something and it just becomes you how, okay. So for people listening right now that are definitely not at that point yet, how, okay. Two questions. A, how long does it take for an average person to become this, you know, new reality, better version of them if they are doing the work every day? And then number two, what are the most powerful things that people can do to get to that place? Absolutely. Okay. So I want to tell you a little bit of a, of a scientific thing that really inspires me. So, and I think that it'll at least break apart some of the beliefs that maybe people are listening to this to see that it's possible for them too. Uh, there's studies that have done that show this, but there's people with what are called multiple personality disorder. So what happens is, is they may have one personality that they're in and then they may shift to another personality. And this is what they've done in this kind of study. And they've realized one personality, their name may be Jim, let's say. And Jim has a certain way that Jim thinks, certain way that Jim is, and Jim has a certain health as well. Maybe, maybe Jim is somewhat healthy. And then what happens is then Jim shifts to Carl, let's say. When Jim shifts to Carl, Carl may have a different personality structure. Carl may even have a disease, may even have something wrong with his body, some type of disease. And, and what happens is then Carl may shift back to the initial, the other identity. And if you were to test his body one moment, he would have some type of disease. The next moment from shifting to the other personality, he doesn't have the disease. Oh, my so, God. There's even people that have different personality structures and it's a different eye color. So one may have brown eyes. The other one may have green or hazel or blue eyes. And this is something that's like a phenomenon when they study this kind of information because it's like it shows that instantly someone can change. Instant, it, it can happen instantly. It's just that we have a personality that's been built up through many, many years of time. And we have a certain way we define ourselves, and we have these labels that keep us trapped. And that's what keeps us in the same reality over and over and over again. So it can be extraordinarily fast. That's kind of what I like to teach with my content is I like to show people you are who you choose to be in the present moment. You are who you choose to be in the present moment. You are who you choose to be in the present moment. Every moment you're changing, that's what science shows us as well. Science shows us that the energy in our body, that the cells in our body are dying and being reborn every such period of time. So it's already happening naturally. The thing is, is that we continue to change to the same thing over and over and over and over again because of the story we tell ourselves and we're not aware that every moment is new. So when we realize that every moment is new, what we then realize is that we can create a greater degree of change from the reality we're in to the reality we, quote, want to be in. So it's about knowing, first off, that we're changing regardless. So like when we redefine it that way, it then starts to break apart our beliefs that change is hard. Change isn't hard. Change is already happening. It's just that we're changing to the same thing over and over again because of the momentum, the, the thoughts we think. You know, Even when we talk about pers that personality disorder thing, 
a personality, the way that Dr. Joe Dispenza talks about it, at least, it's, it's a combination of how you think, how you act, and how you feel. In order to change your personal reality, you have to change your personality. Your personality creates your personal reality. This, is what, this isn't my quote. This is what Dr. Joe Dispenza talks about. Now, how we think, feel, and act is on autopilot. So the key is waking up from that and then making a new choice as a new identity and not being afraid to change that personality, to redefine ourselves. Somebody may say, oh, I'm a shy person. And that shy person, then what happens is they do their best to live up to that, to live up to that, uh, that way of being. And then what happens is maybe they drink or something and they give themselves permission to be more loose and free because they've softened up that label. And they have something that primed them into that state. But the truth is, we are who we choose to be in the present moment right now. And we can choose to be any way that we want. So that's the first step is realizing that change is easy. It's happening regardless. It's just that there's a momentum that has kept us in the same type of changing to the same thing over and over and over again. Now, as far as what I recommend for people to practically do for this is to literally reverse engineer the best version of them that they think is their ideal reality. And the thing that I always put a caveat to this is make sure that this reality is something that you're actually passionate about and you really are connected to at your heart level. The reason I say that is because some people may say, oh, okay, well, I want to imagine the reality where I'm like a multi, multi-millionaire and all this stuff. And the multi-millionaire is a side effect of somebody doing their passion. The money is, a, money is just a side effect. So if they just go for the money, then they may find they're not actually doing what they love, but they have the money. The key is reverse engineering the version of you that is that best version of you that's doing what you're passionate about. Maybe it's in the ideal relationship you would want. Maybe it's in and having the kind of money, doing what you want for a living, having that kind of freedom of abundance to travel, whatever it is. Imagine that version of you and then look at that versions of you's thought patterns. Look at that versions of you beliefs how that version, what that version of you does every day and simply decide to take on those characteristics now. That's what I did. So I had that full-time job selling women's shoes and I simply decided, I looked and saw that potential and realized that the full-time version of me that doing YouTube full-time was making daily videos. So I decided, okay, I'm gonna make videos now regardless of what the outer reality looks like. For the first couple of videos, I actually was getting less views per video because there was more videos. So like if I had, you know, I think at the time, maybe I had 800 subscribers when I first started this. And when I decided to go daily on YouTube or something like that, and I was putting out instead of a video a week, I put out a video every day. Well, instead of, because I'm putting out more videos, I'm getting less views. So if anything, I'd look on, I'd look on the outside and be like, actually it's doing the opposite. But in totality, it was actually more because there's more videos going out. But in general, it's not about when these things actually manifest on the outside. The outside is just a reflection of the inner reality. So as I begin to change my energy into making di daily videos, getting into a flow state, perfecting my speaking ability, all of these, all of that, what eventually happened is my outer reality shifted because I believed in it and I didn't wait for the outer reality to change for me to change. It's like looking at a mirror. If we look at a mirror and we wait for the outer mirror reflection to change, we'll be waiting forever. We know that we must first change and then the mirror reflection changes. Well, in the same way, the practical advice that I have for anyone is to reverse engineer the version of them that they can imagine. Imagination is the key to like bridging what this probability can be. And then simply deciding and noticing the, the actions of that version of you and noticing the way that version of you carries yourself. What is the body language of that version of you? What kind of skills has that version of you developed? What kind of tonality does that version of you have? 
What kind of books does that version of you read? And then simply deciding that's who you are now. Start doing that in your everyday life. Not because doing that in your everyday life now is going to get you to that eventual future reality. You do it because it's who you really are. It's who you prefer to be. It's a small difference, but when you do something to get somewhere else, it's emphasizing this present moment isn't good right now. When you do something to instead, because it's who you are, because you love the process, because you're enjoying it, that's the difference. And that's why even to this day, I still make videos every single day. I love making videos. This is a part of who I am. And that's a, that makes a huge difference. So the practicalness of it is to reverse engineer that version that we can imagine and then simply to take on those characteristics now and know that that's who we are and that eventually we can trust that eventually the outer mirror will begin to change. But knowing the outer world is just a reflection anyways. So as we change and as we don't look to the outside and peek and keep seeing, is it changing yet? Is it changing yet? And then letting our state of being drop if it hasn't changed yet, trusting that vision. I made those videos and even the first two or three weeks of me doing that daily video thing, nothing really happened. But three, four weeks in, a video went viral and then things started to happen. And even if it took six months, eventually it just takes one video. It just like, this is the idea. This is my version of it because I'm a, I do YouTube, I make YouTube videos for a living and uh, share this content. But it could be somebody that wants to be a painter, for example. If you want to be, a, if you want to paint and be an artist, okay, understand that you imagine the version of you, let's say that that has the art gallery studio and is like giving this exhibit and in your imagination, you imagine that. The practicalness of this is looking at that version of you and saying what, you might not have the art gallery studio right now, but what does that version of you do? You probably paint every day. So what you do is you set yourself up to paint every single day. What would that version of you do to get your message out there? It'd probably send, it's probably send ideas out to other, uh, to other maybe art gallery studios, maybe promote yourself online, maybe learn marketing, maybe learn how other people did it and read their books and reverse engineer what they did. And you can begin to find that you can make and create that art now. But here's the, here's the thing that also makes the biggest difference. People think once I create art every single day for six years, once I have my own art gallery, my art gallery studio, once I do this, this, and this, then I will be an artist. No, you are an artist from the moment you start creating your art because you choose to be it. You see, people think that the way it works is that you must first, uh, just in general, and this is how, what I thought for years, you must first do something, then you can have something, then you can be a certain way. So they think, oh, I need to, I need to like uh, first do and make the art, then I'll eventually get money, and then I can have the art gallery studio, then I'll be the artist. But the way reality works is actually the opposite way. You must first be it embody it know it's a part of your identity and then eventually your actions and you will have naturally the reflection of that and your actions will naturally coordinate with that so that's what makes the biggest difference you must first be it and when i talk about the self-image and i talk about when i used to see myself as a top salesperson i just went in one day and decided this is who i am now i embodied it i carried myself that way and then i was a top salesperson when i started making daily videos on youtube it wasn't that i'm gonna make uh, you know, videos for six months, then I'll be a full-time YouTuber. Then I'll see myself as a YouTuber. What I did is the moment I started making daily videos, I said, this is who I am. I, this is part of my identity now. And then it became easier and easier. And I started learning the skills and, and I learned editing and I learned all these things. And it's because it stemmed from that identity level. So mm -hmm. that's uh, the practicalness of it. I would, I would say.
I love it. It's like, it's acting as if essentially, and I preach this stuff too. It's like, that's how I've transformed everything in my life. It's literally by just acting like that person and doing what she would do. And it's like the easiest concept, right? To understand. But when you're in it, it's like, you're constantly trying to stay caught conscious, right? Like you, I, mm-hmm. you need to keep reminding yourself that this is the new you, this is the new you. Yeah. And I'm at the point now, thankfully that I am her and I've like manifested who I am today. But my question for you, Erin, is how, what do you tell people that understand this theory of acting as if, but find it difficult to stay conscious and not forget that they're now this new person when they've been conditioned for all these years to be this kind of old version of them? I'd say the the thing that I always recommend is to become aware of the stories that we tell ourselves. There's a, we all have a story. We have a story about love and how we attract love into our life. We have a story and the kind of person we attract. We have a story about money and how we attract into our life. And the more we become aware of these stories is the more we become free. And the key is becoming aware in everyday life. And every time we do it and we do become aware, we celebrate that and we don't judge ourselves for falling back into the old pattern. It's almost like if you have a wheel, you spin that wheel and then you stop spinning it, there's still a little bit of momentum. So it's natural. And the key is to not judge ourselves for falling back into old patterns. But every time that we catch ourselves to become aware of it and then to celebrate and to be excited, to be happy, like, well, thank goodness I figured, I remembered now that there's this pattern. And that helps and it begins to build on it. So it's like, you might just notice it maybe at the first uh, week you start becoming aware of this, you catch yourself maybe just a couple times falling back in the autopilot mind, where every time you do it, you kind of celebrate it. And as you start to, you start celebrating, it just means be aware of it and be grateful that you caught yourself. And then as you do it, you begin to build momentum with that. So you start to begin to build momentum in the other direction to where you remember, and then that begins to build on of itself. But the key is to not be, beat your beat yourself up about it and to understand that it's natural to fall back but every time you become aware of one of these stories you start to become more free if we change the stories we tell ourselves our life changes on the outside so the thing is becoming aware of these stories and 90% of transformation is just awareness it's becoming aware because then when you're aware you start to wake up from it now something that uh that we could use is there's a, a practical technique that I've heard Joe Dispenza, I know I've mentioned him a couple times, but there's a oh, technique that he does. Oh, I talk about him in like every podcast. I'm obsessed with him. Oh, okay. Well, then this is, this is perfect. <laughs> so uh, he taught, he has this thing he calls the change technique, or I don't know if that's what he calls it. But uh, basically what he does is every time he catches himself, he does an anchor or some type of motion. So what he does is he claps his hands together and then like pushes his hands like down, like makes a downward motion. So he goes, cha- he like claps his hands and goes change. Every time he remembers, if he's trying to change some habitual thought he has or some type of pattern he has, and every time he does that, it breaks the pattern. It breaks the pattern. And then as you break the pattern more and more, it then becomes something that you just don't choose to do anymore because you start to become more and more aware of it. And then you start to build momentum in this new direction. So that's something that I'll use as well every now and then. And that just kind of reminds me and wakes me up from that autopilot mind. But it's a powerful, like practical technique that we can use. But awareness grows as time goes on. Awareness grows. The more aware you become and the more you catch yourself, the easier it gets with momentum. Just like the current personality we have of how we think, feel, and act is just an autopilot thing that we don't have to think about because it's just who we we think we are. 
But the key is eventually as you break up that pattern more and more and more, that becomes who you are. So it's mm -hmm. just repetition as well. Like mm -hmm. when you talk about self-image, it's like repetition. You know, the thing, I think the reason that this whole YouTube thing for me worked out so well is I made videos every single day and I've done it for like three years in a row now. And that repetition has really wired it in. So finding if you're an artist, paint doesn't mean you have to paint a whole art gallery or a art, whole art piece every day, but maybe you paint every day for 20 minutes or something and you see yourself as a painter as you're doing it and you're enjoying the process and you're in that flow state. And then you do it more and more. And it's almost like that momentum, that energy begins to create momentum. And then that just mm. becomes a part of the identity of who you are. So it's just catching yourself and becoming aware. Totally. So you talk about vibration a lot, and I want to get into that. You know, as mm -hmm. you're familiar with Dr. Joe Dispenza, who I absolutely adore, I do his morning meditation every single morning, non-negotiable. Nice. And like, I literally, I don't know, if, have you done it before that one? I know. I, I, what is that like? I, I haven't done it. Oh my God. You have to do it. It's like, I talking about vibration. I literally feel like I'm buzzing after doing it every morning. It's like a 25 minute or something long meditation. And it like everything about it is just so energy lifting. It is insane. And I, it's like a complete game changer. You must try it. Um, I'm going to try it now. You talk yeah, me into it. You have to, <laughs> it's so good. It really is so transformative. You basically, you kind of, you, you become in touch with like all of your kind of energy centers and then uh, you feel the space uh, around you and you kind of feel like the, the field that you're in essentially. And then you wow. go into who you want to be and you just like intensely visualize the, the person you want to be, what they have, who they are. And you, you, you are them in that meditation and you feel all the emotions and all the thoughts and everything that goes through their mind. And then you go through um, a part where it's like, okay, now let's think about who you don't want to be. And then you envision yourself not being them today. Um, and then, yeah, you go back to who you want to be and it's a lot about like your future self and feeling that person already and and just it's so incredible and every single wow. time I do it I get something different out of it and it's it's completely revolutionized everything for me wow well thank you for sharing that I'm gonna do that I'm gonna do that starting tomorrow <laughs> yes, a hundred percent. It's just on his website, but you know, talking cool. about the vibration thing, like I am, I'm pretty new to all of this. Like, what is it when I feel like my vibration is just like, so like, it's, it's just like radiating and it's like buzzing with energy. Like how, like, what does that mean? And does that mean that you're manifesting faster or like, what mm -hmm. is, let's talk about vibration a bit. Yeah. So the, yes, definitely. So what happens as you raise your vibration, which is kind of a, you can call it vibration, you call it, uh, upgrading your level of consciousness. As you raise your vibration, your thoughts have more potency. Your energy has more potency. You'll have more contagious energy. You'll have more of a magnetic feel to yourself. You'll also have more mind and heart coherence, something that the HeartMath Institute has proven before when it comes to different types of meditation. Uh, but connecting your, your mind to your heart, that increases the electromagnetic field around your body. We all have an electromagnetic field around our body. And even though we can't see this electromagnetic field with our eyes, I mean, some people, I guess, you know, some people that can see auras can, uh, maybe we all have that ability, but we tone it out or something like that. I'm not, I don't know. But the idea is we have this electromagnetic field around our body. And within that electromagnetic field that goes many feet beyond our body, there's an accumulation of the thoughts we feel, the patterns of emotion that we have. We just don't see it. Now, what happens is as you begin to raise your frequency, it's like that resistance begins to release. And as you release resistance, your vibration naturally starts to raise. So as you're visualizing 
like you're explaining with the Dr. Joe Dispenza's meditation, as you're visualizing yourself in this future probability and you're feeling a certain way about it, what happens is your, your energy, you're releasing resistance. You're in that, you're, you're imagining that version of you and how amazing that would feel and the gratitude for it. You're releasing resistance and all lower vibration is, is resistance. It's stress, it's resistance, it's, uh, it's negative patterns or, or thoughts. And what you do is you begin to clear that out. And as you clear it out, you begin to raise your vibration. Now, the way that I have been studying this, there's a book called Power Versus Force. It's by Dr. David Hawkins, and it shows something called the scale of consciousness. And I share it in a lot of my YouTube videos, uh, but I'm a big, it's a very practical way of understanding vibration that makes it kind of easy to understand. But this, this, it's also the same if you listen to Abraham Hicks. She talks about like this, like she uses that scale of consciousness in her own way as well. But the main teaching that I, that I've kind of like really adopted it from is Power vs. Force, which is a book by Dr. David Hawkins. And it talks about the scale of consciousness from zero to a thousand. Now, the bottom level of emotions are shame, fear, guilt, eventually anger. Above that is neutrality. Above that is willingness, which is like willpower. Above that is uh, acceptance, or actually acceptance is below that. Above that is reasoning, like the reasoning of the mind, the intellect. Above that is love, and then joy, peace, and enlightenment. Now, what happens is as we raise our vibration up the scale, and we begin to let go of lower vibrational emotions, what happens is we start to feel better. We feel less resistance. We start to feel better. That's when our energy has more potency. That's when things are easier. Reality becomes much more dreamlike as well. Literally more magical. That's when synchronicity begins to happen more and more. And it's like, how did that happen? It's because the higher, the more you raise your vibration, the more magical and mystical life becomes. And if you've ever read a book, I'm a big fan as well of the book called Autobiography of a Yogi. Have you ever heard of that book? No, but I'm going to buy it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a really good book. It's a it's an old school book from a guy named Paramahansa Yogananda who came from India to he's known and kind of coined for bringing yoga to the west. It was the only book that Steve Jobs had in his iPad and he read it every year the last 40 years of his life. He gave it to people at his funeral. It's a book that's just it's a very powerful book. It's it's Paramahansa Yogananda's first-hand experience of going through the process of enlightenment and kind of his life and, and meeting these different enlightened yogis in India and his own guru who could do magical things. And basically what it shows, and after you read this book, you realize that um, you see how authentic the book is. You see how, you know, there's fellowships in all through San Diego. And this Paramahansa Yogananda guy was like a really pure guy that was sharing this information. And um, in his book, though, he talks about some very magical things and it, it becomes clear that like these people that have attained enlightenment, they realize you want to get a little more mystical. They realize that reality is like a dream. So that's why they can influence it in ways that maybe we can't. We can if we were to raise our vibration and maybe go through enlightenment, which may be a little bit of a stretch. I know it is for me to, to think about that, but it just kind of shows and breaks apart the beliefs about what reality is. And the main message is understand, you know, these, these people can do these things that, seem, you know, I think there's a reason Steve Jobs read this book every year, last 40 years of his life, but these literally magical, like things that we don't even think are possible, um, that, that happened in that book, whether like one of them was Paramahansa Yogananda's mom goes to see this one guru and, uh, and, and was told that when she goes home at night, there's going to be this locket that appears in her hand and that this locket she would eventually give to Paramahansa Yogananda after she passes away. Cause she was also told that she, 
only had so much longer to live or something like that. This, this, uh, this piece of jewelry manifests in her hand. She gives it to Paramahansa Yogananda, um, or she doesn't give it to him. She has one of Paramahansa Yogananda's brother give it to him with a note that explains that whole story. And it's like, it's like things like that. Like also many different experiences with, you know, I know we're kind of going on a mystical, uh, mystical, uh, tangent here, but it's just to kind of show that reality may be more, more magical and more like a dream than we even know. And that's like the top levels of enlightenment. But on, uh, below that, the more relatable levels for all of us, I think, is uh, understanding that when we're more in a loving state, which is like gratitude as well, that's where reality becomes very magical. So if you look at that scale of consciousness, you can also just type in on Google scale of consciousness or, uh, yeah, scales of, yeah, I think that's, that's what, or levels of consciousness. And you'll see those different levels. But uh, basically, the higher we raise our frequency, the more potency our vibration is. And the way that in the book, Power Versus Force, he talks about is using something called muscle testing, where our body is our subconscious mind, and you can muscle test whether certain things are true or false. And it's like kinesiology. But in a, that's how they've calibrated the scale of consciousness, and that's how you can use this to calibrate your own vibration and stuff like that. However, I don't think that's even important for us to do, to calibrate our own vibration and to, to judge ourselves. I think, though, that what's important is understanding that the way we raise our vibration is by letting go of resistance the more we let go of resistance, the better we feel, the better we feel, the more likely we are to be and attract things that we really want in our life and even synchronicity. And even maybe one day reality becomes much more like a dream and we're able to create a big difference of change between where we are, where we want to be by just embodying that reality now. So I think that's like even a higher level of consciousness that I believe in this lifetime we may all have the ability to kind of explore, but we'll get there when we get there. You know what I mean? Mm, so... Question, are mm -hmm. you there? Have you reached mm -hmm. that point no. of no? Do no. you think like, we ever what, do? what point? Let me see. At, at what point? Like, do you think we ever reach this point where we just are 100 percent happy and don't want anything else? Um like I don't know. I'm definitely not there. I'm definitely not in some people because I make videos on YouTube, I don't know why. Some people think that I am there, like I am like enlightened or something. Definitely not enlightened. Um, definitely just a regular, like every, like everybody else, I've just come to learn certain things about how to like hack my own vibration in a way. Uh, there is a place that we can get to, which is, I, is, I think like a higher vibrational understanding and a level of detachment. I've actually, I, I make, I was making a video about this today. So it's funny that we're talking about it, but it's detaching from the things that we want and knowing that this moment is 100% whole and complete the way that it is. And when you see like some people that may be very zen out or what we call enlightened, you know, uh, they, they're just very at peace with the present moment. So they don't necessarily want anything because they already are everything. They are already in that present state. And the wanting and, and wanting in of itself is a lack. You know, if we want something, we are saying that we lack it. You know, it's like I want I want that thing over there. Well, that means that that thing is over there and not over here. Lacking implies or wanting implies lack. Now, the higher vibrational way to go about this is to instead be completely okay with the present moment the way that it is to maybe set the intention for something. But intention is different than want. Like if I want to put my hand up right now, that's just like a statement. I want to do it. But if I intend to do it, if I take the action to do it, then that's where it actually it, it actualizes. So. The key is understanding the energy behind it. And the energy behind it could be a level of desperation 
And that energy is coming from wanting to escape the present moment. But if the energy underneath it is this present moment is totally fine, it's perfect, I love it. However, it'd be more exciting if I lived this, then the idea is that then we be it. And that kind of goes back to the have, do, be thing. Because if we're just deciding that this is who I am now, and I'm doing this not because of what it'll get me, I'm doing this because it's who I am, then we're more in that state. So it's not that, it, it is, desire begins to transform in a way. And also attachment, because then we're not attached to outcome. This is when we start to also touch the, into what we could call the divine. We're all divine. I believe this, at least. I believe we're all divine spiritual beings having temporary human experiences. So the more that we allow the divinity to flow through us and the more we allow this stuff to happen, the more magical our life becomes. Magic doesn't come from trying to control everything. And I've learned that the hard way because, you know, having a business and having a lot of moving parts in my business or of creating videos and all this other stuff, it's like, Sometimes there's a there's a there's a, a, a reason behind me doing certain things, but then sometimes it's time to let go of how things happen, let go of the outcome, and trust that everything's going to be okay. And the more that I let go, and the more that I trust, the more magic happens. So it's kind of a it's kind of a it depends on the different levels of consciousness that we're talking about. Mm. From one level, it's we want to. If you look at that level, if you just kind of visualize those different levels of consciousness for a sec, and imagine that it's like a it's like. Um, at the bottom, you got shit. You got like shame, fear, guilt, and then uh, eventually you have you know that anger, neutrality, which is where you learn how to observe your thoughts, which is like meditation, and that's at like two hundred fifty. Above that, you'll see like acceptance, and then reason, love, joy, peace, enlightenment. Like, and imagine that scale. Now, at the bottom, lower, you could call it low vibrational scales, but we've all been through painful. We all may have been through a painful past. Maybe we've all been through things that have happened that we didn't really want to happen in our own way. And what happens is moving from the bottom level to the mid levels is that negative emotion. What happens is that negative emotion, we then eventually transmute it by changing the meaning of the past and by forgiving other people or forgiving ourselves or whatever it is. And then, and then what happens is in, the, in the, the bottom levels, we feel kind of powerless. We feel like there's almost a lack of ego. And then in the middle levels is where we then have the reasoning of the mind and we have willpower. This is when we become very passionate about personal development and we may go to seminars and stuff like that. And this is a great place to be. And it's a very powerful place to be in because then we're starting to take uh, responsibility for our life and we're starting to create life on our terms. We're starting to be motivated. We're starting to like intend for things. We're starting to take action. That's much better, or I guess more productive than the lower levels of vibration, which it, we're more feeling more powerless. But then above this middle level is the level where we begin to let go more. We begin to become okay with the present moment. Right above that is love, love, joy, peace, and enlightenment. That's when we start to get into reality, allowing reality to become magical, to allow ourselves to then let go. So in the bottom levels, there's almost a lack of ego structure. In the middle levels, it's like we start to build that ego structure, which is good because we're taking our power back and we're putting the direction in our life. But the problem is sometimes then we give too much power over to our ego and we think our ego needs to do everything. And then what happens is we end up like trying to do everything and we, 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 we give ourselves responsibility of determining how things happen, then we become attached. But then what eventually we can do is let go. And as we let go, when we start to trust the divinity in our life, we start to trust things to happen in a more magical way. We give it up to, uh, to the universe to take care of for us or however, whatever terminology we want to use, then it becomes more magical. And then it's, so it's like lack of ego structure and powerlessness 
Then in the middle levels, we build that ego structure. We start to get rewarded for it, which is good because it's more powerful than the powerlessness. But then above that is almost a letting go of that ego structure again. And that's when people be in the, at the enlightenment level, that's when they've completely got rid of their ego structure and they are just everything. They see, they become everything. So there is no, there's no reason for them to want this, this or that because they are everything. So it kind of like, I think that kind of puts a visual perspective on it, but that, that's why there's different levels. So none is none of these levels, by the way, aren't bad or good, or we need to get to the top levels or someone's, you know, it could become a spiritual ego thing too, or some people are like, Oh, I'm high vibrational. This is who I am. And then you start, people start to create walls between themselves. So it's kind of a funny thing, but it's, it's realizing that it's not that these levels are better than other levels. It's just that being aware of, I guess, your own energy and what maybe you want to let go of, maybe, maybe what parts of your ego you want to build, but not become a, too attached to how things happen. So it's kind of a dance and play between these different levels of vibration, but that's kind of how it works or kind of how I see the process at least. Wow. So interesting. So, so interesting. So other than the inner work, um, how... What else in your life do you need to change if you're about to embark in this huge kind of reality switch and you're really motivated to finally start living that life of your dreams? Like what other things that are outside of yourself that you would suggest changing? I know that, you know, I always talk about your, the five people that you surround yourself with most, Mm -hmm. like your energy, your circle. And then like, you know, I know you agree with that, but what are your top tips on, on working on the outer world to kind of change that inner world? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I'm a big fan of linking that up with the action. So action is kind of an inner thing, but also an outer thing, but it's sometimes in the spiritual community. I know I, this is how I was for a long time is I was like thinking of things on the inside, thinking of it, thinking of it, but I wasn't actually doing it. And you know, the way that we tra- the way that we physical action is the language of this reality in a way, like, yes, it's the energy behind it as well, but linking up the action and knowing that the action's a part of it. And when you're really doing what you love as well, you don't mind taking the action. But the other side of that as well that I've had to learn is when I started making those daily videos on YouTube and started growing my vision, I had to develop boundaries. So I had maybe some friends I was hanging out with that were kind of, uh, they're still good friends. You know, I'm still friends with them today, but I realized that when I was around them, it would kind of I'd be a little bit more scattered. I would is more just drinking or or doing having kind of bad habits and stuff, and just it, I realized it wasn't necessarily conducive to my vision. So what I eventually had to do is I had to draw some boundaries. I had to say, oh, I'm sorry, I can't hang out today. I got I'm doing this. Like I got to get a video out for tomorrow. Um, it's it's learning that it's okay to say no, and when you say no, you're saying yes to something else. So that's something that's been very powerful. The other thing I recommend is literally read books and ingest content of people you want to be similar to. So for example, like I'm getting ready to move into, I was kind of telling you earlier, I'm getting ready to move into doing live events at, you know, in my life and out of just being on YouTube and making like digital content and stuff, which is great. I'm still going to do it, but I'm also going to be doing live events. So I look to people that are already making live events. And I guess the epitome of that, I'm sure everyone knows Tony Robbins, you know, but like I see Tony Robbins and he's, doing that in a very masterful way. He does big live events. He is a, he really is, um, you know, a big influential person and for many people. And I look to him and I'm able to see, okay, Tony Robbins has that energy. What I do is I read books from Tony Robbins because as I read Tony Robbins books, I'm literally in training my mind with his thought processes. When we read books, we're literally intermingling our thoughts with that of the authors. And we're, we didn't have the option of like resonating with that material. 
this is one of the reasons I like to listen to audiobooks that are by the author who wrote the audiobook because it's almost like you absorb the information even more than if you read listen to the audiobook and it's like some narrator that doesn't really know the content or care about the content, you know. But in general, consume content that is in the vibration of what you want. Another thing you could practically do is so that's one way I do it. I read books like by Tony Robbins, I listen to seminars by someone like him or someone else that does something like that. Uh, something else that you could do is what was I going to say? Uh, something else you could do. Okay. The books. Oh, like if you wanted like that whole art gallery studio, I keep going back to that example. So I'll just keep it consistent with that. If you were to go to, let's say, and step out of your comfort zone and maybe go and get into the energy field and the, uh, of somebody that owns an art gallery, for example, go and talk to somebody that owns an art gallery and say, Hey, I just wanted to talk to you. Like and maybe see if you could be an assistant for that person. Could you help them out once or twice a week and see how they, they do things and, and maybe add value to them. And then by adding value to them, you're in their energy field. You see what it's really like, not what they teach you in school. It's like you get a good feeling for what that's like. And then as you get taste for that, you're becoming more and more like that. So there's creative ways to do this, but basically get around people that already have the kind of result that you want. And if you think, well, you know, no one, they would never let me around them. Well, what you have to do is you have to see a way you could add value to them and a way that you could maybe help them work for free for them, get in their energy field and read books from people that have already attained that, find out how other people did it. You know, like Tony Robbins talks a lot about modeling success, find somebody that's got that result and then you could model what they do. That's another way to do it. It's like a similar kind of a vibrational pattern you could say that then it's like just easier to adopt because someone else has already proven its model. So then it kind of increases your belief in it as well. But I would say that on the outer reality, doing different things, you know, getting into the unknown as well. The, you're only going to create more of the same thing. If you're doing the same thing, thinking the same way, feeling the same emotions every day, you're going to continue to create the same thing. It's when you get into the unknown, that magic begins to happen. Get into the unknown. Try something you've never done before. Get Because then you get out of the old identity structure. It's like the old version of you, you know, think about it like this as well. If somebody's like, okay, I want to lose weight or something. One thing that becomes powerful pe for people is that once they do it a certain amount of time, it then starts to change their identity. For example, somebody says, okay, I'm going to start going to yoga. They start going to Bikram yoga, let's say, or some type of yoga, whatever kind of yoga that they want. They start going to yoga. The first day, they, it's like whatever. They, they maybe don't enjoy it so much, but then they keep going back. After a week or two, they may start to see themselves as a yoga person. It then becomes an identity. And one of the strongest human desires there is is to stay consistent to a way that we define ourselves. So then it becomes easy for them to go to yoga because it's a part of their identity. Just like going to a gym. It's difficult the first two or three weeks, but when you start seeing it as like, I'm just a, I'm a gym goer now. This is just who I am. You can't not, not go to the gym. You can't not go to the gym. So it's kind of that idea. It's that, that reality is take action as that identity and then try and then know that eventually once that identity locks in, it's easy. And that requires taking action. It may require getting around people that have already attained that success, reading their books, going to their seminars, listening to their seminars, developing the boundaries because the people that you're around the most really influence your energy in very subconscious ways. And maybe say no. You know, there's times I go through, I go through waves with some of my friends. I'll see them for a while and I'll be like, okay, I need to focus on my vision now. I need to focus on what I'm doing and I'll go back. But I do it from a place of power, not from a place of guilt because I used to feel guilty if I wasn't hanging out with certain friends and they expected me to be there. So 
I'd say that uh, I'd say that that's like kind of some practical ways that I would go about bridging those two realities. Mm-hmm. And you're so right. Like once you get into the flow and you change that part of your life and you're going to the gym more or you're doing a YouTube video every morning or you're just doing that thing, it becomes you and it actually is easy. But yeah, I, I love what you what you just said then about you needing to just be that person for a little bit of time and then it gets easy. And I've noticed that in my own life as well, you know, like whenever I've had this big goal in front of me and I, it always just looks so hard and big and the people that have achieved it, they just feel so distant to who I am in that moment. And then the second that Mm -hmm. I switch that mentality to what we've been talking about and just being that person already, and then just doing the actions after such a short amount of time, you realize that it's actually just not that hard. It's normal because it's now your new reality. Right. And it's just like, you know, you said, if you're that kind of person, you know, that goes to the gym every day, it's not hard because that's just who you are. It's not like you're making that decision every morning. Oh, like, do, can I, just like maybe skip today or, you know, it's, you're not even debating it in your mind. It's like who you are and, you know, it's who I am that I wake up every single morning and I do a morning routine. Like that's like one of the things that's completely changed my life. And it's like just who I am, that that's what I do every morning. I don't check my phone until I'm done my morning routine, my meditation. And it's just, you know, that one non-negotiable in my life mm-hmm. has been the biggest game changer because I prime my brain basically every single morning to be in that state where I'm doing what I want to do, manifesting what I want to manifest and being who I want to be. And that's just a non-negotiable. And it's not even hard for me anymore to wake up and be like, okay, I'm going to go to my office and do my morning routine. And it's not hard because it's just what I do. And I actually look so forward to it just like those people that go to the gym every single day look so forward to it because it's like you know their belief around that is that it's the time for them to de-stress my belief around my morning routine is the time for me to like feel freaking amazing and I just want to feel good and I love you know doing my whole routine and meditating and all that stuff because it just feels good so it's like changing that story that you have in your mind around the things that you want to do and making it simple because it's really it's just how you think of things at the end of the day well said. I agree 100%. Yeah. All right. So we're pretty much done the episode and I'm so sad because I want to keep talking to you, but I'm <laughs> sure my audience is like absolutely going to adore you and I need to have you on again, maybe in a couple months or something. We will do something. it again. Yes. Absolutely. 100%. So just to finish off before we get going, want to tell the audience about um, where they can find you on YouTube, Instagram, how they can support you in any way and follow your stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I, first off, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate your energy. I love what you're doing. I think you're inspiring a lot of people. So I first off wanted to say that. And uh, as far as you know, I have a podcast called the Expand Your Awareness 2.0 Podcast. My name is Aaron Dowdy. It was A A R O N, last name Dowdy, D O U G H T Y. And uh, I have a YouTube channel as well that I've been. That's just my name, Aaron Dowdy. I've been posting for three years now. And there's a lot, a lot of videos there. So yeah, I'd say between the podcast and that, and then also Instagram, which is Aaron underscore Dowdy four, four. Those are my three main things. So that's what I'm focused on right now. Amazing. Thank you so, so much. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on.